Afro Tales Podcast is a part of the Connected Podcast Network. Ahoy, my friends. Welcome aboard the Afro Tales Podcast. I'm your storyteller, Aman Mazinga. Join me as we explore the tales that grew from the people of indigenous and African descent in the Americas and the Caribbean. After, come and see me, chef, who will impart upon you a recipe for the story you have just heard. So with no further ado, let us set sail on this new age of exploration. Montezuma, part one. Chapter one, the talking stone. Montezuma loved nothing more than to order great monuments that would make him famous. Beautiful things, it was true, had been commissioned by the kings who had gone before. But to Montezuma, those works were insignificant. Not splendid enough for Mexico, he would say. And as the years went by, he grew to have doubts about even the huge round stone where prisoners were sacrificed to Huitzilopochtli. I want a new one, and I want it a form wider and two forms taller. So the order went out to the stonecutters to search the countryside for a boulder that could be carved into a round stone, a forearm wider, and two forearms taller. When the proper stone had been sighted at the place called Akoko, haulers and lifters were summoned from six cities and told to bring ropes and levers. Using their levers, they pried the stone from the hillside and dragged it to a level spot to be carved. As soon as it was in position, 30 stonecutters began to chisel it with their flint chisels, making it not only bigger than any round stone that had been seen before, but more unusual and beautiful. During the time that they worked, they ate only the rarest delicacies sent by Montezuma and served by the people of Alcoco. When the stone was ready to be taken to Mexico, the carver sent word to the king, who ordered the temple priest to bring incense and a supply of quails. Arriving at the stone, the priest decorated it with paper streamers, perfumed it with the incense and scattered molten rubber, and then they twisted the necks of the quails and scattered quail blood. There were musicians too, with conch horns and skin drums. The comedians also came so that the stone could be entertained as it traveled along. But when they tried to pull it, it would not be moved. It seemed to have grown roots, and all the ropes snapped as if they had been cotton threads. Two more cities were ordered to send haulers. As they set to work, shouting back and forth, trussing it with fresh ropes, the stone spoke up and said, Try what you will. The shouting stopped. Why do you pull me? I am not about to turn over and go. I am not to be pulled where you want me to go. Quietly, the men kept working. Then pull me. I'll talk to you later. And with that, the stone slid forward, traveling easily as far as Tapitawayan. 
There the haulers decided to rest for the day. While two stone cutters went ahead to warn Montezuma that the great stone had begun to talk. Are you drunk? said the king when they gave him the news. Why come here to tell me lies? And then he called for his storekeeper and had the two messengers locked up. But he sent six lords to find out the truth. And when they heard the stone say, Try it with you, will. I am not to be pulled. They went back to Mexico and reported to Montezuma, and the two prisoners were set free. In the morning, the stone spoke again. Will you never understand? Why do you pull me? I am not to be taken to Mexico. Tell Montezuma it is no use. The time is bad, and his end is near. He has tried to make himself greater than our Lord who created the sky and earth. But pull me if you must, you poor ones. Let's go. And with that, the stone slid along until it reached Iztapalapan. Again, it halted. And again, they sent messengers to tell Montezuma what it had said. Just before, he flew into a rage, but this time, he was secretly frightened. And although he refused to give the messengers credit for bringing him the truth, he stopped short of jailing them and told them to go back and carry out his orders. The next morning, as the haulers picked up their ropes, they found that the stone once again moved easily, slid as far as the causeway that led to Mexico. Advised that the stone had reached the other side of the water, Montezuma sent priests to greet it with flowers and incense, also to appease it with blood sacrifice in case it might be angry. Again, it started to move. But when it was halfway across the lake, it stopped and said, Here and no further. And although the causeway was made of cedar beams, seven hands thick, the stone broke them, crashing into the water with a noise like thunder. All the men who were tied to the ropes were dragged down and killed, and many others were wounded. Told what had happened, Montezuma himself came onto the causeway to see where the stone had disappeared. Still thinking he would carry out his plan, he ordered divers to search the bottom of the lake to see if the stone had settled in a place where it might be hauled back to dry land. But they could not find neither the stone itself nor any sign of the men that had been killed. The divers were sent down a second time, and when they came back, they said, Lord, I see a narrow trace in the water leading toward Alcoco. Very well, said Montezuma. With no further questions, he sent his stone cutters back to Alcoco to see what they might discover. And when they returned, they reported no more than what the king already knew. Still tied with his ropes and scattered with incense and blood offerings, the stone had gone back to the hillside where it had originally been found. Then Montezuma turned to his lords and said, Brothers, I know now that our pains and troubles will be many, and our days will be few. Just as with the kings that have gone before me, I must let myself die 
May the Lord of creation do what he pleases. Chapter 2 Montezuma's Womb Near to town, Cotepe, in the providence of Texcoco, a poor man was digging in his garden one day when an eagle swooped out of the air, seized him up by the scalp, and carried him up toward the clouds, higher and higher, until the two of them were only a speck in the sky that quickly disappeared. Reaching a mountain peak, the man was taken into a dark cavern, where he heard the eagle say, Lord of power, I have carried out your command, and here's the poor farmer you told me to bring. Without seeing who spoke, the man heard a voice say, It is good. Bring him here. And without knowing who took his hand, he found himself led into a dazzling chamber, where he saw King Montezuma lying unconscious, as if asleep. The man was told to sit next to the king. Flowers were put in his hand, and he was given a smoking tube filled with tobacco. Here, take this and relax, he was told. And look carefully at this miserable one who feels nothing. He is too drunk with pride that he closes his eyes to the world. And if you want to know how far it has carried him, Hold your lighted smoking tube against his thigh and you will see that he doesn't feel it. Afraid to touch the king, the poor farmer hesitated. Do it, he was commanded. And he held the top tip of the tobacco against the king's thigh and saw that he felt nothing. He didn't even stir. The voice commanded, you see how drunk he is with his own power. It is for this reason that I have brought you here. Now go back where you have come from and tell Montezuma what you have seen and what I ordered you to do so that he will believe you. Have him show you his thigh. Then point to the spot where you touched him and he will find a burn. Tell him the Lord of creation is angry. And that because of his arrogance, his rule is about to end. The time is short. Say to him, enjoy what is left. With those words, the eagle reappeared, took hold of the man's scalp, and carried him back to his garden. Listen to me, poor farmer. Do not be afraid. Strengthen your heart and do what the Lord commands not forgetting a single word he had told you to say. Then the bird rose into the air and vanished. The poor farmer stood amazed, but with his digging stick still in hand, he went straight to Mexico and asked to speak to Montezuma. Given permission to enter, he bowed his head and said, Lord, Lord, I come from Cotepec. And while I was working in my garden, an eagle came and took me to a place where there was a lord of great power. He made me sit down where it was bright and shiny, and you were there beside me. 
Then he gave me flowers and a lighted smoking tool. And when it got hot, he commanded me to hold it against your thigh. I burned you with it, but you felt nothing and didn't move. He told me you didn't know what was happening because of your pride. And very soon, your rule would come to an end and you would be in trouble because your deeds are no good, my lord. Then he told me to come back and tell you what I have saw. The time would be short. Enjoy what is left. Remembering a dream he had the night before in which a poor man had wounded him with a smoking tool, Montezuma looked down at his thigh and saw that he had been burned. Suddenly the wound was so painful that he could not touch it. Without a word to the poor farmer, he called for his storekeeper and ordered him to lock the man up and give him no food until he died of starvation. As the prisoner was being led away, the pain increased and Montezuma himself had to be taken to his bed. For four days he lay suffering, and only with great difficulty were his doctors able to make him well. Chapter 3, Eight Omens Ten years before Spaniards arrived, the sky omen appeared for the first time. It was like a fire tassel, a fire plume, a shower of dawn light that pierced the sky, narrow at the tip, wide at the base. Rising in the east, it reached all the way to the sky center, the heart of the sky right to the sky's heart and so bright when it came up that it seemed like daybreak in the middle of the night then at sunrise it would disappear it began in 12 house and kept coming up for a whole year as soon as it appeared men cried out slapping their mouths with the palms of their hands everybody was afraid everybody wailed there was a second omen here in mexico a fire broke out in the house of the devil, Huitzilopochtli. The house known as his kind of mountain in the place called Commanders. Nobody said it. It flared on its own. When it was first noticed, the wooden pillars were already burning, and the fire tassels, the fire tongues, the fire plumes were shooting out, licking the whole temple. People were screaming. Mexicans, your water jars, run, put it out. But when they poured water, it just fanned the flames. And then there was a real fire. A third omen. The thatched root temple of the fire god, the temple called Somoco, was hit by lightning. It was considered an omen because there was no heavy rain, just a sprinkle. It was a heat flash for no reason. There was no thunder. A fourth omen. While there was still daylight, a comet that looked like three comets came across the west and fell into the east, like a long-tailed shower of sparks. With his tail stretched out far, as soon as it was seen, there was a great roar, as the people were screaming everywhere. A fifth omen. The lake boiled without any wind to make it boil. It was welled up swirling, and when it rose, it went very far. 
all the way to the bottoms of the houses, flooding them. Houses were crumbling. This was the big lake next to us here in Mexico. A six only. Often a woman was heard. She went weeping and crying at night and cried out loud and said, My children already were passed away. Sometimes she said, My children, where can I take you? The seventh only. One day, when the water people were hunting, using their snares, they caught an ash-colored bird like a crane, and they brought it to the black chamber to show Montezuma. The sun had peaked. The sun had peaked, but it was still daylight. On the bird's head was a kind of mirror, a kind of reflecting surface, round and circular, and in it you could observe the sky and the constellation fire drill. When Montezuma saw this, he took it as a great omen, and when he looked again, he saw what seemed to be people coming into view, coming as conquerors with weapons, riding on animals. Then he called his astrologers and wise men and said, Do you see what I see? It looks like people coming into view. But as they were about to answer him, the image disappeared and they could tell him nothing. An eighth omen. Monstrous people kept showing up with two heads on one body. They were taken to the black chambers of Montezuma to see, but as soon as he looked at them, they disappeared. To be continued. Wow, so this is the beginning of our journey down Central America for the first time. And from the book Latin American Folk Tales by John Beerhurst. This is part one of a short two-parter of Montezuma's story. Now, many are you going to ask, why am I doing a Aztec story? And this is about an Afrocentric podcast and storyteller. Well, we have Afro-Mexicans that exist. This is their heritage as much as the other stories are. So I want to give them their heritage in this podcast. So, like I said, this is part one about Montezuma. And I felt it is a good place to begin because of it being the origin for a lot of Mexican and Aztec and Mayan people's encounter with the colonial powers that were at uh, the head of slave trade and colonization. I must say, I had no idea, even learning about Montezuma in school, that all of this even occurred like this. Most of us may know in school, we hear about, oh, yeah, Montezuma was kind of an idiot. He thought um, Cortez was Quetzalcoatl, and that's how Spain took over Mexico. And that's pretty much how it went for many of us in school. So for this story, to give a more in-depth understanding of Montezuma and him already knowing that his end is to come, 
he is to be the last. And there were omens and people coming to tell him like, yeah, this is the end of our dynasty. This is the end of our kingdom. The weight that he had to have on his shoulders to see that in his lifetime or by the end of his lifetime, I should say that the Aztecs would be done as far as being an empire. That is fascinating and sad to say the least. How would you feel to know that you are the last of an empire? Many of us don't even understand what it means to be the last of our bloodline, let alone be the last of a whole empire, like a kingdom, you know. I know personally having sons to pass on the name was so important to me because I didn't want to be the last, as far as I knew, the last of my family line. And that had to be tough for Montezuma to feel like he's the last and know it. Wow. I can't wait to see how part two ends. I mean, we all kind of know but yeah what was he thinking in those last days before he met cortez well anyway go see chef he has a wonderful aztec inspired recipe for you and it's interesting because this is native american heritage month Great way to start, right? <laughs> and as always, have a blessed day. Welcome, my friends, to the gallop. I am your chef, chef, and today we have a wonderful recipe inspired by the story you have just heard. Today, we will be creating Aztec tacos. Yes, just in time for Taco Tuesday. <laughs> now, what will you need for this recipe? Corn tortillas, store bought or handmade, whichever one you prefer. One pound of ground turkey, two large tomatoes, one onion, three to four serrano peppers fresh two pablono chilies fresh one tablespoon of dried epizato pinch of salt and dried chili or chili flakes optional now how do we put this together easy core your tomatoes and peppers and peel the onion slice the vegetables into large pieces. Lay them flat side down on a stovetop, grill or bare burner. With the heat turned low, turn them with the tongs, occasionally until 
they become soft and you start to see charred black spots on the outside of the vegetables. Then you will transfer the charred veggies to a cast iron pan over medium heat. Break them up with a wooden spoon. Now add the turkey, salt and herbs. Continue cooking and breaking things up with spoon until the turkey has cooked thoroughly. Next, cook your tortillas. The simplest and most Aztec way to do this is over a bare stove burner with the heat turned all the way down. Flipping the tortillas constantly with tongs until black spots start to show on both sides. Just like you did with the vegetables. Each tortilla will only take about 45 seconds total to cook. So be careful not to burn them. As you can only safely cook one or two tortillas at a time in this way, wrap the cooked ones with a towel or tin foil so they stay warm. And then you put your tacos together. And that is it, my friend. Easy. Now, go do what you do. Make this recipe yours. And until I have another wonderful recipe for you, Remember the story of Montezuma. And as always, enjoy. Thank you for joining us on this voyage. Thanks to Art by Chalet for the logo, episode, and t-shirt designs. You may also get a t-shirt and other items on tpublic.com. You can contact me on all socials at AfroTalesCast. That's Afro, T-A-L-E-S, cast. And email me at AfroTalesPodcast at Yahoo.com. You may also become a benefactor by simply sharing with any and everyone, giving a thumbs up, or rating in your podcast app of choice. If you wish to donate, I am on Patreon and Coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com. So, until we meet again, may your winds be fair and your seas follow. <laughs>